0: Welcome to the Oklahoma Baseball Experience, your one stop shop for all things Oklahoma Sooner Baseball. Hosted by the sod father himself, Johnny Baseball, fellow berm bum, Brandon Schultz, and former Oklahoma Sooner Baseball player, Alex Wise. It's time to unhitch the wagon and embrace the chaos. It's the Oklahoma baseball experience. Here we go. I feel like after that intro, I got to be like live from the castle in Crestwood. <laughs> you know, I, mean,
1: uh,
0: I uh, like I'm blown away by uh, Toby Rowland's generosity in making that introduction.
1: No, yeah, that was you know, very special. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, that's big time, and uh, I mean didn't take much at all to get him to do it. He's been great to us, but uh, how we doing fellas? I mean, it's uh, it's tournament time. I think that uh, all of us feel like we're uh, a little bit blessed right now, right?
2: Feeling much better this time um, than I was this time last week. I can, I can tell you that. Um, no, it was, it was good to see the name called. Um, it's always the goal, obviously at the beginning of the season to um, get to the postseason, make a regional um, and you make a regional, who knows what happens then um, everyone gets a, Fresh start, um, o and o, um, and I, I'm hoping that's how the guys are looking at it, and we can we can make a little bit of a run here.
0: Oh, definitely, man. I know, I uh, I know the guys are super excited. We all saw the video of you know them celebrating their uh, the the news, but uh, I mean, I, I got got to be totally honest with you. The last couple of days, but before the selection show, I was feeling pretty down about our uh, our outlook.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd said going into the tournament, I thought we needed to win two to feel pretty comfortable getting in. And I'll still stand by that because I don't think anyone was feeling comfortable other than maybe Schultzy with all the numbers he was crunching. Um, But getting that one and then having that lead against Tech um, in the second game of the Big 12 and and losing that late and then kind of how things played out in game three, um, losing Oklahoma State, it it didn't leave a very good feeling in your stomach going into um, Monday and putting it. In the committee's hands, which um, you you wish you would have played a little bit better during the season, had some of those games where you're not on the bubble, but it is what it is, and um, we're in the postseason now. Yeah,
1: no,
0: oh. Schulte, you really were crunching those numbers, man. We uh, yeah. we, need to, we need to believe next time, right? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, it, I, I I mean, definitely put in it work. It's not like I'm a national sports writer. Obviously, not any sort of anywhere near the D one baseball guys or you know, 11.7, you you name the outlet. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's kind of like these, it's these years where you learn a lot about how, you know, RPIs and selections happen, like the years where you're just automatically in or you know, you're out, it's not like you're really watching anything. So it's kind of fun. It's it's a learned, kind of a learned how it all works. And um, I've been doing kind of following that for a couple of years. And I just really crunched the numbers this time around. And the one that the thing that was really worrying me more so even than maybe the, the stolen bids was how the PAC 12 tournament ended up. Um, I I thought that the fact that there was like, you know, um, you know, Arizona state, Arizona, um, Oregon, all these teams that were, you know, bubble teams all played really well in the PAC 12. And, you know, all the, all the teams that you, you thought were, would run through it, you know, didn't do so hot. Um, and so that's, that's the one that I was concerned with. Cause I was curious, you know, we've been on this stretch of, uh, you know, I, I went at it with, uh, I who was at college baseball nation about how the PAC 12 is, uh, no longer a, a really you know predominant or at least the, the third best conference, but you never know. And they, they had an opportunity there to, man, you could have seen the PAC 12 only get a couple of teams in and they, uh, they played pretty well down the stretch, Arizona and Arizona State and Oregon, and uh, and found themselves in the tournament. So that that was concerning to me uh, because that was happening on Friday night instead of the 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 two lane wins and the DBU losing. And man, it there was a there was a couple of those that were that were a little hairy, but it was fun baseball to watch.
0: Yeah, no, it was wall to wall action over the last. Uh you know, several days. I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching all the tournaments, including our own. Uh, you know, I really w- would have loved for us all to have, uh, you know, for us to have made it further. But, no, it's it's been jam-packed baseball, you know, since last uh, last, t- last Tuesday. I mean, the SEC tournament started last Tuesday, correct? Yeah. 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 So it's been fun, man. It's been, been, been incredible. But, you know, I, I feel like when I really started to feel – you know down and out, I guess is what you want to call it is when uh uh Tulane won their you know won their stolen bid. And uh, you know, speaking of, of stolen bids, we actually have a guest with us, uh, Bubba Rosenbaum from uh, uh he's an ECU uh, representative. How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Obviously, fired up about getting to Charlottesville and uh, being able to take in the regional uh, with. UVA, uh, Oklahoma, and Army, in addition to my Pirates on Friday.
0: Yeah, man, we we love uh, energetic fans. We love fans who care. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, I've been I've been a lifelong Pirate fan. My dad's East Carolina class of '76. I played small college football, which is you know why I did not go to East Carolina. However, I did do an undergraduate internship in media relations at East Carolina. And so just a lifelong supporter of the Pirates and season ticket holder uh, in the big three sports. I mean, baseball and football attend a lot of basketball games as well. Um, But I live in the greater Charlotte area and just uh, just um, follow the Pirates, like I said, and have been part of the Sports Objective, which is an East Carolina focused podcast. But we also discuss other topics, Um, have been doing this now for between five and five and a half years.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, that we're, glad, awesome. we're glad to have you. No, we, uh, we talk about all, all sorts of things on here. One of the main things we talk about is pizza. We, uh, this, uh, group or, or, you know, fandom that we have here, we're called the, the berm bums. We, uh, hang out in left field at, at Dale Mitchell out on the berm. And, uh, every Saturday during, uh, conference, during conference play, we, or sorry, right field, not left field. Yep. During conference play, we, uh have this big old pizza party that one of our uh, uh, alumni uh, you know donates all the pizza to so it's a pretty pretty awesome time we've started these podcasts we have spaces and so we love running into other fans who uh, are you know love the the game of baseball especially college baseball so like I said great to have you
3: yeah appreciate you having me on like I said and I'm looking forward to talking some some pirate baseball some OU baseball and uh, it's funny you bring up pizza because like I said, my family and I, or um, when we were discussing things off the air, uh, we're in the Gatlinburg, you know, Sevierville, Tennessee area. You know, just a half hour from Knoxville, and uh, actually just finished eating some Papa John's pizza. Well, we got to ask the 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 question we ask all of our guests first. No, yes,
0: yeah, you're not wrong, man. What's your favorite
3: pizza topping? A lot of people kind of turn their nose up at it but a lot of people love it at the same time uh ham and pineapple oh, man. <laughs> man, let's do this. See, see, see so i can tell which end of the the spectrum uh at least some of you guys are on but uh i'm not picky I'll, I'll eat about anything well, you just we,
1: got yeah you just got on johnny's bad side brandon, <laughs> yeah
0: brandon I, I i've got to admit something here yeah oh. So, you know, I mean, we're not exactly David Portnoy over here in our pizza reviews. We, my wife, got some uh, ham and pineapple pizza from uh, Casey's. You know, we've been eating a lot of Casey's pizza lately. I think we've turned away from Marco's, not completely. But for whatever reasons, Casey's gas station whole pizza is, I mean, it's pretty dang good. And she's been getting pineapple and ham and... I have to admit, it's not that bad. Maybe my taste buds are maturing. I don't know, but it's not that bad. I I I will, I will allow it.
3: One of my roommates back 20 years ago in college and got me hooked on it. He was all the time ordering ham and pineapple pizza, and you know he would <clears throat> wouldn't eat the whole pie. So he he's like, hey, oh. Would you like to try some of this ham and pineapple? I said, sure. And he got got me hooked.
0: Bubba, why don't you uh, give us a lowdown on, on ECU?
3: Yeah, Pirates, 45 and 17, regular season champions in the American, uh, as you guys are aware, uh, fell to Tulane in the championship game, which stunned a lot of people. Me, not so much. I mean, I, I thought we would probably win, but at the same time, we were playing our sixth game in as many days um, after having lost in, in game one a game – which we led South Florida nine to three on Tuesday, so had to win those four games to even get to Sunday. So it wasn't surprising Tulane can really swing the bat, swing the bat. Excuse me. Uh, despite what their eighteen and forty record uh, might lead you to believe, so uh, um, d- despite that, I-, I would not be shocked uh, to see them, you know, win a game or maybe even two in, in Baton Rouge. But uh, so uh, the the Pirates. Kind of an up-and-down year. Uh, last year, uh, it, it was a situation you know, where we, we started extremely slowly and then finished red hot, um, won the final 18 games uh, going into regional play, and then um, extended that streak to 20. Obviously went to the Super Regionals and on the brink of Omaha before losing to Texas this year. Uh, so many expectations, as always, with, with East Carolina baseball uh, wanting to host for a fifth straight time. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but um, we still have a chance to, to accomplish our goals. And uh, after a strong start to the season, um, there in, I guess, mid to late April, I guess, well, actually, the Houston series was the beginning of April. You know, We were down our catcher, Justin Wilcoxon, and uh, lost a couple close ball games out there at Houston. I think maybe five, four, and ten innings, and then six to four. Uh, both games of which we had uh, leads there in the late innings, but really it was more probably on the offensive side and more so than the, the relief pitching, but uh, really just didn't play well all the, all the way around. And then won nine straight after that, uh, solid non-conference win against NC State, uh, swept UCF and went on to win nine in a row and then went out to Wichita. And uh, getting there was an adventure. Um, our... The luggage got lost. Um, the Friday night game had to be postponed. You had to play a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, Wichita's also wasn't a bad baseball team. They were improved, and as you guys know, because uh, I know you played three games against the Shockers. And we got shut out in two of those three games and only scored three runs in the series and got outscored 23 to 3. Bounced back from that, uh, really had our backs up against the wall to. The 4 P as regular season conference champions, were able to win the last 10 conference games. Um, and then we were able to get some help. Cincinnati took down Houston in one game, which allowed us to win the league by a half game. And, uh, and kind of taking a look at some things, um, you know, on the pitching side, we're led by Treya Savage. He just received an invite to the Team USA Collegiate. And oh, this, very nice. the fifth Pirate. <laughs> yeah, um, he he's a guy, he's 6'4", 225, he, he can run it up there, 96, 97, and uh, he had lost some of his velocity there back in in late April. We had to shut him down after that uh, Friday night game, against, or was, I guess Saturday game, game one of the doubleheader against Wichita State, and rest him for about two and a half, three weeks. Um, He's back, and he looked like himself in the the tournament. He did not start, but he had two relief outings, one that was about an inning and a fraction. The other was like five and two-thirds. In that six and two-thirds, he allowed one run on two hits and struck out eight, and his velocity was there consistently, 95, 96, 97, and and his breaking stuff was sharp, and he, he really looked like himself. Uh, Otherwise, starters on the mound, we have Josh Groves, Solid year, struggled a bit down the stretch. At times, his command would leave him. We also had Carter Spivey, who spent the first half of the year as a starter. Last year, he was the American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Year, coming out of the bullpen, had over 30 appearances. And like I said, this year, he was our Saturday guy uh, for the first half of the year. Then he went to Coach Godwin, really didn't feel like he was pitching with the edge that he needed to, so he wanted to go back to his role of 22, and he pitched much better down the stretch. It wasn't as effective as he was a year ago, but um, still had a very solid second half of the season and, um, and had some outings where he went three or four innings like against North Carolina and did not allow a hit. Um, on the relief pitching side of things, um, the top arms, um, Wyatt lunsford Schinkman. he struggled in the conference tournament, 27 appearances, Garrett Saylor, um, 20 appearances, he, he also did have six starts, um, and he had a probably his best outing of the season and best start of his career, going eight innings, allowing just one run on two hits. Uh in the conference tournament against Central Florida. And then uh, Landon Ginn, Jake Hunter, and and I've already mentioned Carter Spivey. So those are some of the the top options out of the bullpen. Uh, Landon Ginn had the second most appearances on the team with 23 and has a 5-0 record. Kind of shifting over to the offensive side, top average on the team um, and first-team all-conference performer. It's a guy that actually entered the portal last year, withdrew his name, came back. And he was glad he did. As were pirate fans, Carter Cunningham, our right fielder, uh, hitting about three twenty-five, eight bombs, um, d- driven in thirty-five or so. And then uh, the lineup from top to bottom is, outside of a stretch there um, about two weeks where you had, you had three games out of six where we were shut out. Uh, and really struggled offensively. Otherwise, have been pretty good, but it's kind of been puzzling at times, uh, where just kind of out of the blue, you you would have a, a game against a uh, a pitcher that didn't have all that great of numbers coming in, uh, where you would get where you would get uh, pretty much shut down. So, um, I know I, I just spit out a lot of information there, but say uh, anything that you guys would like to ask me about the lineup or some other top bats and. Performers are guys like Jacob Starling, um, Jacob Jenkins-Coward, Josh Moyland, our first baseman, leads the team with 15 home runs. Alec Makarevich at third, um, has 11 bombs. Um, shortstop coming into the year was a big question mark, but uh, Joey, Joey Barini did very well there and uh, I think finished the year, or, or thus far was something like six airs.
0: No man, that's a, that's a ton of great information. We really appreciate you uh, giving that to us. I'm gonna go all the way back to you talking about the uh, Texas matchup last year. I'm not a uh, you know a Big Twelve guy. I'm an OU guy. I tend to get tunnel vision, but believe you me, I was fully supporting ECU in your uh, run against Texas last year. And I'm sorry you guys couldn't pull it out.
3: Yeah, that talk about a heartbreaker. Oh, I, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean we are up seven to two, um, and because of the rule that has since been changed, you know we were we were the um, the visiting team um, in that game two of the Greenville Super Regional. So, it, you know, it was a situation where um, you know we had that five run lead, and um, I think two two outs, and had a ball hit right field, and it's a ball that was certainly was not an error, but is a play that should probably be made uh, more often than not and that led to uh, the floodgates opening for the Longhorns and uh, and and yeah so I, I I remember a buddy of mine who's actually pulls uh, he's an App State fan <laughs> he texted me he said hey you got to be feeling pretty good I said I said obviously I like where things are right now but nine outs in a super regional that's or any game for that matter but you know nine outs in a super regional that's a long time man. I said, and uh, unfortunately, uh, my worst fears came true there in the, the last third of that ball game.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. No, that that is definitely devastating. That uh, that environment you guys have there in Greenville, that is something else. Uh, just seeing all that that action there and the uh, the fan, just how the fans are on top of you, that's pretty
3: pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say Clark LeClair Stadium in the jungle, and like you're saying, um, over the last few years with all the games that we've had. Um, from the jungle on ESPN or ESPN, all the ESPN platforms throughout the postseason, um, the jungle has really, um, you know, gotten some exposure and um, respect nationally, which is great to see. And, uh, you know, consistently, um, you know, putting in there right around 6,000, give or take, uh, for those games and, um, yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a baseball atmosphere. Not not as many people as you would have at Arkansas or Ole Miss or LSU, but uh I th- I think the intensity is right there with with anyone.
1: Yeah, I was uh so, you know, when you were, you know, going back to the the season you were talking about, you know, some struggles, would you say it's, you know, when when you've had some down periods it's been offensively or um has has pitching been, you know, pretty steady as she goes all year? What's kind of your take on when you all struggle?
3: I would say the struggles have been more on the offensive side, slow starts. Um, we we have shown the ability to come from behind, although obviously you hate to put yourself in that spot. But that's, that is one thing that uh, the approach offensively, um, you know, Cliff Godwin going back to his days at Ole Miss and um, you know, Central Florida, LSU, um, Highly respected for what he what he does on the offensive side, and you know, this pirate team um, is definitely a little bit different, but at the same time, like, like we won't hesitate to to lay down bunts. Um, you'll you'll certainly see uh, a lot of showing bunt and pulling back and uh, or slashing. Um, we like to hit and run. Uh, probably have. Straight uh, straight stole uh, more th- this year than we have in the past. Um, w- we do have a couple guys right at 20 stolen bases in Nowak and Starling. Uh, Lane Hoover somebody else to keep an eye on on the base pass. He has probably 12 to 15 steals. But, uh, but yeah, I'd say our biggest struggle is just perhaps, I don't know, maybe a, a lack of focus at times uh, early in games in particular and then also um, a time or two there late in the year you, you saw perhaps a, a lack of uh, killer instinct obviously the other teams trying to win too but you, there were some situations where you had four or five run leads and, and let it slip um, and that's obviously I mean they were For instance, a game against Campbell where you did rally. You came back from down four and then down six. And uh, I I know you guys, the way you follow college baseball, are aware of what Campbell's done. Mm -hmm. And I would would not be surprised at all to see them come out of Columbia, South Carolina uh, with that regional title. Yeah, no, no, uh,
1: really solid program. Really one of those, I mean, you know, when you look at mid-major powerhouses, I mean, that's, you know, Coastal, ECU, Campbell, all up there in the, in the top two or three, but um, yeah, no, very interesting. It's funny. We've had similar feels. I I think uh, earlier in the year we would always text, you know, it's, we're not allowed to score yet. It's only the, you know, the third inning. <laughs> and, right. and, and so we, we have, we have also felt the slow starts.
3: Yeah. So that's, that's something um, Coach Godwin has expressed that. You know, sentiment and the concern in the post game—that's one thing. Cliff Godwin is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty much an open book, uh, and and that's something that he is like. It's great that we have this ability to come from behind. However, I wish we wouldn't keep digging these, these deficits and uh, digging these holes and um, find a way to uh, jump out to early lead. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, early on early on Friday are, are you guys starting Brayden Carmichael from what you're hearing I believe so yes sir I, I would imagine with the East Carolinas lineup being so left-handed dominant that, uh, that that would be the case not that you wouldn't start him anyway but uh, even more so uh, under those circumstances and that that brings up something uh, I failed to mention that probably would be one of the the weaknesses of this staff is that you only have two left-handed arms. and Now those left-handed arms are are, uh, quality, and they they can get the job done. You saw Eric Ritchie, um, a freshman, have his best outing of the season in the the conference tournament where he went, I want to say, at least about four innings and only allowed one hit and struck out six. And then Zach Root uh, out of Florida, he's also a true freshman and uh really did some nice things and um you know when when he struggled it was more so where it was uh command but that seemed to improve you know later in the year that it got i would say uh, defensively this team is not as good as it's been in years past 978 still nothing to uh you know nothing to hang your head about but um uh, last year we were like 985 which is which was like top 5 nationally and um Lane, Lane Hoover. Uh, I know I mentioned him as far as his ability on the bases at the plate. He's kind of a, a slap hitter, if you will, um, uh, would remind you kind of like Ichiro from, from that standpoint. And, but Lane Hoover and Riley Johnson, um, they, they really can make some highlight reel catches and we're on ESPN sports center, top 10, a few times this season. And, uh, that's something late in the game you'll see riley johnson substitute in for hoover and hoover will shift over from center to left and jacob jenkins cowart who's one of our top bats will come out of the game uh, for defensive purposes so so that's something that you'll you would likely see uh, depending on the the score and the situation in the game on friday it's very interesting you all have um looking
1: at Looking at stats here, you got y'all have quite a few guys over 400 on base percentage, so uh, good eye at the plate. You you feel there's anyone that strikes out too often, or is it for the most part, you know?
3: Um, I would say perhaps, um, Jenkins Cowart, uh, from the standpoint of, in my opinion, I, I don't think at least at times, uh, and and I would say a majority of the time with, with two strikes, I don't think he shortens up enough uh, and takes too big of a hack with with two strikes. But um, I would say that that's the biggest thing. And uh, Josh Moylan, uh, who leads us with 15 home runs and is also hitting, I think, a little over 300 now, um, he has a very good eye for a power hitter. And, yes, he does... I think he does um, also lead the team in strikeouts, but um, he'll, he'll walk more, uh, much more than Jenkins Cowart and uh, a lot of power hitters. J- Jacob Starling is probably our top guy from an on-base percentage standpoint, and uh, he'll either typically lead off or bat second. Gotcha.
1: Very good, man. Well, that is a, a ton of great information. Who are you most excited? Well, who are you... Probably, I would say the most fearful on uh, OU squad to to face.
3: Uh, obviously, you know from a from a pitching standpoint, um, just because of having so many left handed bats, and so yeah, that's one question I had for you guys. Looking at Carmichael's last couple of starts, I know in the tournament. He allowed four or five runs, but his previous outing against Oklahoma State, he had been fantastic. Uh, I think maybe a complete game, shutout, and what allowed like three or four hits. So uh, you know, what what were the differences in those, in those two outings?
2: Well, I'll, I'll start on that last outing, and the, the difference is one error. Um, I think allowed what three or four runs in an inning that with two with two outs, a pop up second base that was dropped, and so four runs scored that inning. But, so. That's the big – I mean, I think all the runs pretty much were in that one inning where we should have been out of, it, out of it on a routine, pop up to second base. But other than that, the whole last half of the year, maybe even before that, he's just – he's been nails and just a competitor. He's He may throw a bad pitch here and there, but he's always going to be around the zone. He's going to be competing. Um, never really leaves too much over the middle of the plate. Great change up. Um, just a – you could tell it's a guy that has been in the program four or five years. Um, and really been through it all, um, so he just brings that that veteran leadership to our to our staff, which has been um, what we needed at times to kind of get over to hump to get us to the postseason. Because if he's not on our pitching staff, there's no shot we're in the postseason.
0: Oh no, not at all. I and mean, you could, I mean, I don't know if there's really anything different he did, and I really don't want to blame a loss on any particular player or moment in the game. But I mean, that is definitely when the You know, we fell into the quicksand, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, You know, the wheels just fell off and that one. And I mean, he he like Alex said, he has been absolute nails for the past, what, month and a half now. And it's it's been a a breath of fresh air. And but our as far as our arms go, I mean, beyond Braden Carmichael and I'm not bad mouthing our pitching staff. It's basically that's basically about it as far as frontline pitching. You got Jamie hit behind him who is a you know he's a pretty good pitcher but as far as you know the the whole uh you know resume or or you know you know picture of work it's just it's just not there and so we uh we've got a little bit to overcome as far as as pitching def- deficiencies go our uh, our bullpen is uh you know it's got some depth to it but when the wheels fall off the wheels fall off and so if we Figure out how to put it together this weekend, and I'm playing devil's advocate on on all this. If we figure out how to put it together in our in our pitching staff, we've got a got a pretty good shot just to, uh, at beating just about anybody.
3: As far as concerns on the uh, offensive side, because uh, I know that's something you just asked, and uh, obvi- <clears throat> obviously um, have have not had the opportunity to uh, to really to see an abundance of of video so it's tough to go by just looking at statistics but um but obviously you know a a guy uh, like um is it bryce madrone is how you yeah bryce madron yeah madron sorry i apologize oh no you're
1: fine that's okay we call him bruce Madrone, so
3: but uh you know what he's done jumped out and, and but then the biggest thing that honestly jumped out, you know, I was talking about the pirates having having a couple around twenty steals. Um, just looking at your stolen base numbers, and you know, look, looks like Wichita State back in the day in their heyday, uh, hundred and nine steals. And let's see here, what you have? Um, at least four, maybe five guys with fifteen plus. So, so tell me about that because Justin Wilcox in for East Carolina uh, has thrown out right around twenty. Uh, base stealers this year and uh, so that's a matchup that uh, when Sooners get on the base pass that I'll really be keeping an eye on
0: yeah that is definitely an interesting uh interesting matchup there uh, OU has what we call chaos uh, you know spelled with a a U in there <laughs> but uh no we still a ton of bases I, I don't know if we want to say we bunt a lot but we like to force the action when we can uh, you know, one thing I've said about this team is if we can get in the tournament, we need to do as much damage as we can while we can. And that's kind of their forte is get on base, try to advance however you can by hook or by crook. If you steal it, if you, you know, pass ball, bun them over, however, they can get them into scoring position. That's what they do. And sometimes it comes back to bite us. We tend to uh, strand a lot of runners. Uh, I can't tell you how many times this year we've had the bases loaded with uh one out yep. or two outs and we've come out with nothing or just one run. Uh but no. Yeah,
3: that that, that sounds familiar. It's a so. it's a
0: very very chaotic uh version of baseball. We we're very much like West Virginia in the fact that we steal a lot of bases and we like to force the action.
3: I definitely it's it's obvious uh, you guys run a little more than the Pirates, but um the Pirates and um, like I said um that's a great way to describe it as far as forcing the action because haven't forced it as much uh, in the past with, with straight steals, even though that's more the case this year. Um, but Cliff Godwin loves to hit and run, l- loves to show bunt and pull it back. Like I was saying, um, loves to, to lay the bunts down, you know, whether, whether it's a sacrifice, a drag, push, etc. Um, will safety squeeze in a heartbeat. Um, uh, he really uses the short game. I, and I, I love to see it. Uh, some of our fans at times, I think, um, don't value it enough, and kind of turn their nose up at it, and so with because you know everybody likes to see uh, that double to the gap or, or the the bomb. But you know nothing's. And Alex, I think you can attest to this. Um, you know that's the situation when when you're in the field and the other team has bunted you to death, and you know loaded the bases, and then you have one big hit that's the only ball that's left the infield. And all of a sudden you have a four spot on the board and that's demoralizing.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's tough to swallow it, especially, I mean, in the field it is, but also as a pitcher. Um, just, to, right. just to not put it more than 20 feet away from home plate a couple times, get guys on, and then you just have the one big hit and then now you're in a, uh, a yep. four run hole. Yeah, it's, it's definitely demoralizing. But it sounds like both these teams are very similar as far as um, getting guys on, Creating the chaos, not just going base to base and just forcing things to happen. I know that's something OU's done the last, the last two years. Um, it'll bite us in the ass sometimes and then sometimes it'll steal us a run. Um, but it's just kind of the mantra they've went by and I, I don't see it changing with Reggie Willets um, in charge of the offense there. And it's, it's a fun brand of baseball to watch. It can be very frustrating at times on some where we're waving around and the runner's halfway to home plate and the ball's already the catcher. Um, but it's some growing pains. We had a new third base coach this year. So, um, just getting to know these guys, but no, it's a, it's a fun brand of baseball. It should be, should be a fun one on Friday night. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, this year it's, we don't score until the the third inning, right? Last year it was, it's just not a no-you baseball game unless we've been picked off two or three times on first base.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And that's something I was, I was discussing with you, Johnny, earlier, just as far as, uh, how, how frustrating I know the season had to be for you guys because well, you open the year on dropping a series to, to Cal Baptist who who finished the year a couple games under 500 but then you you sweep the Longhorns you take two out of four from Stanford and that's the top eight seed um, you know you, you now Houston wasn't a great team but you swept them on the road um, and you, you you obviously had some other very good results in within the league, and just not finding that consistency. You know, what what do you think that, that was most attributable to the? Uh, you say the pitching?
0: Well, I mean, it has very much been a roller coaster season, and there's been two huge factors that we've had happen to us this year. One was we missed Dakota Harris for dang near a month. I mean, it was a month, was it not, Schultzy? Like three and a half weeks, something like that. Yeah. And then we had our uh, starting catcher, Easton Carmichael, who's a uh, you know superstar freshman for us right now. Uh, get mono, and he missed uh, almost, about three weeks, oh, so we lost. Go. Yeah, two of our our best players lost right in the middle of the season. Uh, we've been plagued with you know little injuries here and there. Uh, Wallace Clark broke a uh, or had a hairline fracture in his clavicle, wasn't able to play third base for a good chunk of. of uh, middle part of non-conference play. Uh, I mean, and it's just, and I'm not blaming it on that. I'm just saying we've had a lot of different things that have not gone our way this season, as far as injuries, illness, disease, you know, just spider bites. Oh yeah. And we even had, yeah. KP got bit by a spider going into, uh, or coming, was it going to Frisco or coming back from Frisco or was it Houston? Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they,
3: wow, when it, when it rains, it pours.
0: Right, and they couldn't identify what bit him at first, so they had to hold him out.
3: I think probably the final thing I would have for you guys is tell me about your uh, ball club defensively. Uh, obviously, I, I see a 969 fielding percentage, so, uh, so what are your thoughts on the Sooners uh, on the defensive side?
0: For Jekyll and Hyde sometimes, I mean, we either play a really clean ball game or we boot it. I mean, it's it's usually not – there's really no middle ground there sometimes.
2: But I I would say that's on two different levels. The outfield is as good of outfield as any team in the country. And I I don't know. I haven't looked to see how many errors those guys have, but it can't be many. But between those three, I mean, there's just – between Kittle Pettis, um, John Spikerman, and then Bryce Madrin, um, there's not many balls to get down. And there's been some highlight plays um, this year. Maybe not the best arms out there as far as throwing people out, but they'll they'll run down dang near every ball in the outfield. I think where we've been a little bit shaky has been on the infield, where we've seen the games that we've right. had multiple errors. But outfield's been outstanding, um, and then the infield we we've had some struggles here and there.
3: It's spot on. Huh? More so in the middle. Uh, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, that's where it's happened. It's happened on the the right side mostly.
2: Yeah, and then also with Wallace Clark, he is a great third baseman. But with his injuries, we've had some other guys yeah. playing third um, while he was out um, right. multiple stretches this year. And we've kind of had some struggles over there at third base as well.
0: And we've tried several different guys over at first base. It's been between Mac and Rocco throughout the throughout most of the season. I think uh, hasn't Caden Powell played over there a couple times?
2: Yeah, Caden Powell's been over there. Anthony McKenzie's been over there. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, the infield has definitely been a little shaky. Been a little better when Dakota Harris is back. Um, And then, obviously, when Wallace Clark and Dakota Harris is on the left side, it's it's locked down pretty good over there. Um It's kind of been when we've had to shuffle guys around that don't typically play those positions every day.
3: So Clark's back and uh, ready to roll for Friday?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's – He's good to go yep no it should it should be a fun one um we're looking forward to it like i said we're we're extremely excited that we, we were we were in because um, yeah. it's been a little bit of a stressful last week um not playing the greatest in the big 12 tournament and kind of not not putting ourselves squarely um in there and not having much to worry about so it's definitely nice to be able to have some Oklahoma baseball to watch um and got some great teams to play against this weekend
3: yeah, no doubt um uh- in army uh, uh, I know a lot of people will see how it goes but uh, no they don't they don't have a, a very challenging schedule whatsoever but uh, when they did face some quality competition some teams that were in the tournament like a Charlotte or Arkansas uh, they, they fared pretty well and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform against Virginia uh, uh, because I actually had a conversation with their head coach Chris Traz earlier today and chatted with him for about 15 minutes. And he said those top five guys in their lineup that have 300 plus averages with 10 plus home runs and 15 plus doubles are um, as legit as they come.
0: Yeah. Do you guys play the service academies very often?
3: We do not. um, I I, I know probably two or three years back, we had a, had a weird Monday game, you know, normally your midweek games are Tuesday and, and Wednesday, right. or, or one, one or the other, uh, but uh, Air Force was in the area and uh, needed to play a Monday game, so we, we did that. And uh, Chris Traz, um, he has a relationship with Cliff Godwin from back in his 13 years as a head coach at Marist. Uh, Marist came to East Carolina multiple times, so uh, I, th- I think Army is going to be coming to Greenville, um, if not next year, in the very near future.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I was getting ready to mention is it's so we see we play Air Force pretty consistently. Uh, we've played mul- multiple. I mean, we played, I think we played Army a few few years back, but it is very difficult to uh, heckle <laughs> the service academy players because just because they're, I mean, those guys are, you know, going to fight for our country at some point, you know. And so it's very difficult to to get on those guys, and so I think that's uh like one of the little advantages that those teams have over other people.
3: I agree. Um, I, I feel the same way. And kind of a funny story, and certainly not saying that this is the norm by any means, but um, and this wasn't even in baseball, but uh, going back to the year two thousand, uh, at Dowdy Ficklin, uh, we were playing Army, and. We won the ball game, but uh, Army scored there and uh, I think took a brief lead early in the second half, and <laughs> the Army offensive lineman came over to uh, came over to the, the right there near the front row of the stands and, and said, F you people. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, no matter what program you're at, be it a service academy and, you know, I know the majority of those guys, you know, when the competitive juices are flowing, uh, sometimes you'll say some things that aren't an indication of your true character. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I just found that kind of funny. That
0: is funny, man. No, we uh, we had Air Force come in last year, and one of our, uh, our bullpen pitchers, Griffin Miller, they were clearing the field from BP. And this is one of the funny things. The, I don't know if all service academies do this, but they were basically recruiting our players into the military. They weren't recruiting them to play baseball. They were trying to <laughs> – sign him up for the air force. But the coach came out to talk to uh, Griffin and he's like, you're pretty big hunter. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, I love to hunt back in Tennessee. And he goes, well, how would you like to hunt people? (laughs) uh, That's a, that's a hell of a, hell of a pitch there, man.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Bubby, you got any insight on, uh, on Virginia at all? I don't know if you've done your research there. Might as well keep you. We've had you um, for
3: a, a little bit. I, I believe you guys may be taking a part in the Twitter space uh, tomorrow with the with the UVA beat writer. We are um, by 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 the name of Dan Siegel. We are. Uh, and uh, I believe I, I apologize, Dan, if I'm mispronouncing your last name. I'm, sh- uh, but I'm pretty sure that I'm saying that correctly. But, uh, but yeah, look look forward to that. Um, and he's and Dan's obviously. uh, he also, I believe, covers UMass. Um, but um, yeah, look, looking forward to he, he said that, he said, I'm not necessarily an expert on college baseball. He said, I'm doing my research on the other teams in this regional, but uh, I can tell you about anything you want to know as far as the Cavaliers. So looking forward to that. And, yes, I am fairly familiar with him. Uh, you know, just one of those things, you know, not having played them this year and not, not having – Dug too deep into the, their numbers and so forth. I can't spit out a lot of the names, but um, I know they'll come back to me because they were in the Greenville Regional as the two seed a year ago. So um, Pirates and and Cavs had a, a instant classic that night um, with with ECU winning. I want to say it was four to two. Yeah. So um, and, and these two programs are very familiar with one another because Virginia's third base coach Kevin McMullen is Cliff Godwin's mentor. From when he was on Keith LeClaire's staff at East Carolina and he worked with the catchers way back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, in these two programs, with their proximity to one another being no more than three or four hours apart in the fall, those games that you're allowed um, a lot of times will play home and home with Virginia.
0: Bubble, we really appreciate you joining us. You've been a wealth of information. It's it's, uh, it's been been fantastic. Uh, if there's you've got any uh, parting words for us or any uh, last jabs you want to give us before you take off, uh, now's the time.
3: Yeah, uh, look for and look forward to uh, Friday. Obviously, uh, that goes without saying. But I really appreciate you guys having me on. I look forward to uh, going back and uh, listening to some of your content uh, that haven't had the chance to uh, consume just yet uh, since since I just learned of uh, you guys and your podcast, but um, look forward to hearing, hearing what uh, Braden Carmichael had to say. I know that had to be a excellent interview uh, on the, on the brink of playing a regional and um, look forward to having Chelsea on tomorrow night on, on our podcast. Yeah, tonight. absolutely.
1: Excited about it, man. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Braden Carmichael is a great interview. He's just a all around good kid. So it's, well, I guess I guess not much of a kid. He's this—he's a fifth year, so he's he's a grown man now, right?
3: Yeah, no no doubt, and um, you know, you're seeing that a lot in this uh, COVID era where you're still seeing it, you know, three years later, um, because of uh, you know, Lane Hoover for East Carolina, Garrett Saylor, Carter Spivey—they're all from that same mold where they are fifth year guys and they're performing like fifth year guys.
0: Well, oh, yeah, how old was Tread last year, He's... Pretty long in the tooth.
3: Yeah, I, that's, it. that's a really good
1: question, actually. We've had
0: some fellas on our squads. I think Bales this year, speaking of Virginia, uh, I think Bales is like 24 or 25. He's been been around quite a while. But, Bubba, like I said, really appreciate having you on, man, and uh, good luck just not against the Sooners.
3: Sounds good. I look forward to talking with you guys soon, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night, Shelter. All right, sounds good. See Thanks, you, Bubba. Bye-bye. All right, take care, guys.
0: It's awesome talking to other fan bases. Uh, Bubba's a great dude. I know we only met him just today, but I mean that's that was uh, one of the most informative guests we've ever had on this podcast.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, certainly, certainly good to hear. Uh, you know, an, an honest fan from another team because they'll they'll tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and so I think we got you know we got some stuff to to look out for. Actually, it sounds like you know some offenses run pretty similarly um, so that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to, to watch but I think we'll probably get to um, a little bit more of the the matchups this weekend on the space on Thursday night so I think we're we're planning on having a, a space uh, to, to kind of run through some of this stuff but it's kind of a, a busy week with podcasts and spaces and uh, it's kind of you know that's the fun part about regional uh, playoff baseball.
0: No, oh, I mean when we started this podcast, I didn't even think about the fact that we would probably be invited on other people's podcasts whenever the uh, postseason rolled around. I mean, we kind of saw it when we were invited to be on uh, Mainline and all that to start the year. Uh, who else? You were on another one, weren't you?
1: Yeah, the Lepton. Oh yeah, Leptin the Leptin Drinking, Club. Drinking Club. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, did you see their punishment during the Big Twelve, Big Twelve tournament?
1: Yeah, the rally clown.
0: Yeah, they had to dress like clowns. That was also from their uh, uh, their pick'em that they had.
1: Yeah, that was pretty solid.
0: That's pretty hilarious. Maybe next year we'll have to pull out the pull out stuff like that. I'm not dressing like a clown, though. People already think I'm a clown as it is.
1: You try the 9x9x9, nine by nine by nine, but you won't dress up like a cl- uh, I, clown.
0: I didn't try the 9x9x9 nine by nine by nine this year, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, not going to catch me doing that in public. No I'll do way. that in the privacy of my own house. Uh, no
1: it's been a fun it's been a really fun year it's been a really really fun year a lot to build on Um, I think you know the main thing to take away is that we lost everyone last year essentially not everyone but I mean you really look at it and and you think about it we we had a third of the lineup came back Uh, we lost our entire rotation we lost you know x number of relief pitchers that were our you know our you know, heavily used guys starting uh, catcher, starting, starting catcher, shortstop, shortstop first base,
0: yeah, center field. The list I, goes on, the a- list
1: goes on. But we made a regional, um, and that's really making the postseason year in, year out is what you have to do to build a program. And that's kind of what Skip was saying in his interview today. I think it's, uh, you know, it's about building program.
0: Oh yeah, no. In if he's if there's anybody who's building a program right now, it is Skip Johnson. I, I mean, I know that not all fans see eye to eye with the head coach of their team, but I mean he's doing a great job. We're consistently making the postseason. Uh, you know, his name goes a very long way. I can almost guarantee when you stack, you know, uh Skip Johnson coach team up against, you know, some of those other bubble clubs that that you know, that in our hellacious schedule were some of the mitigating factors that pushed us over the top.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: Alex, are we going to get in trouble if we talk about the other bubble teams? <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I don't know if it's worth talking about. We are in and that's all that matters.
0: That's exactly right, Alex. That's a great attitude to have. And you don't have to beat me up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but no, it was good talking to Bubba um, with with East Carolina. It was good to get all that knowledge. Um, save Schulte and I a little bit of research. Just having someone that's in the weeds on it, um, letting us know kind of what we're going to see. I I think Friday, it sounds like we'll see um, what what was that pitcher's name? A savage or something. You savage Trey Savage Uh, said he runs it up there. 96, 97. We haven't seen too many arms um, as starters. I feel like that kind of run it up that, that high. And so it'll be interesting to see how we do against a a real power arm like that um, on Friday. But looking forward to the challenge. Um, like we talked about with Braden a little bit, um, fresh start, um, in the postseason, So that's always good. Um, flush everything from the rest of the season. Let's start now and let's get, let's get on a run. All you have to, all you have to do is get in the tournament. Um, we saw that last year with Old Miss, um, they got hot and look what happened. They won it all. So never know, never know what can happen.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was great having Bubba on because I think one of the things that uh he wanted to know about from us is is who you know they would be facing. And you know, they do have a lot of lefties in their lineup. It's a heavy lefty lineup, and uh, you know, we got uh we got Braden Carmichael that's gonna be uh shoving for us on Friday, hopefully. So um, let's let's see what he has to say.
0: Yeah, man. Braden, how we doing, buddy?
1: We're doing well. Appreciate you guys having me again.
0: Yeah, man, second time this season. Uh, we're, we're extremely glad to have you, bud. Extremely glad to have you. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, We're not going to ask you about all the RPI stuff that's been sorted <laughs> out. But uh, take us from the end of the Big 12 tournament to yesterday.
4: Uh, I didn't get much sleep. Uh, I actually had my girlfriend over and probably pissed her off a little bit because I was uh, too busy on my phone and too busy watching all the other games, just, you know, praying and uh no i was a little stressful just because you know we felt pretty comfortable and then it just kind of like as time got a little closer you know you just start thinking oh what if this what if that and then you had some teams lose some games and uh you just never knew but uh obviously monday morning um once again didn't sleep very good but uh had a lot of smiles early in the morning and and then we we got the news so it was uh a lot of a lot of stress lifted off, but then it was a lot of serious faces because we knew we had a lot to work, a lot of work to do. So, uh, but I mean, it was great. It's you know, I'm glad we're getting another opportunity. I think we deserve it, and uh, obviously, got a lot of guys that have done this thing before. So, looking forward to it for sure.
0: Yeah, Braden, we got a lot of Omaha, uh, Omaha experience on this this club, especially you know with Skip and uh, you and a lot of the older guys like Diego. I mean, that's going to be valuable down the road. But... Yeah,
4: without a doubt. <clears throat>
0: we've all, we've all seen the video of you guys when you got the, uh, got the news. Uh, I mean, what was, was that like? I mean,
4: yeah. I mean, we were just watching it on ESPN two, like everybody else was. And, uh, we had kind of figured out that obviously we were on the back end of it. And we had no, like we had known that kind of Louisiana and all those other teams were kind of, you know, in our same boat. And we saw Louisiana early go. And I mean, my heart kind of dropped. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really, I was like, Holy smokes, this is going to happen like this. And, uh, and I still kind of kept looking around, and Joe C was still doing fine. Like, he wasn't really tripping or anything. Ryan was just kind of, um, you know, staying to himself. And then, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of, like, staring at the floor at this point. And Jack kind of gives me a shoulder tug, and Joe C's got his camera on. I'm like, what are we doing? And, uh, well, it shows up the Charlottesville region. I was like, well, none of the projections at us here, nothing. So I'm just like, all right, let's just get through this, and let see the stinking name called. And I mean, I was so shocked. One, just because it was the, in that region, I didn't I didn't expect it. And two, just because of where my thoughts were already going. But uh, I mean, it was unreal to see that on everybody's faces too, and uh, just to get our name called was huge.
1: No, absolutely. So, were you all were you all paying attention to the you know national pundits or sports writers, kind of looking at first you know first four and last four out, seeing where you were? Or was it was it really just you know y'all you kind of already knew what needed to happen around the country. I mean,
4: I think I think there were some that was trying to stay away of stay away from it, but I was looking at everything. I mean, I was thinking watching D1 baseball's podcast on YouTube with their final projections, all the, you know, the teams we needed to lose, teams we needed to win and their their tournament games. So I mean, I was trying to calculate everything. Just it made my my mind eased it sometimes, and it made it worse, but I just needed answers and something like that. But, uh, no, I mean, I was paying attention to all of it. Probably shouldn't have, but, you know, I guess it is what it is.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do next time. I'm going to trust Brandon right off the bat, blindly follow what he has to say, because <laughs> he has been saying it since, like, I mean, it's it's been well over a month now that he's been calling us in the tournament and has not wavered ever since. I mean, we've texted back and forth. I don't know how many times over the past, you know, few weeks. Over just over the past, uh, you know, seven days. and the boy's just been crunching numbers left and right. It's it's, it's <laughs> it was pure uh,
1: oh, pure
0: man. pure numeric insanity on his part.
1: It was. Uh, I my family was here from out of town, and we were everyone's just like, "What are you doing?" It's like I got got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> so i was just i was just run everyone like you know usc is, was everyone was talking about it. i was like there's no way i don't see any way that they're getting in the tournament but i mean it, it you you're not wrong it was definitely close was there was there one game specifically where after after it didn't didn't go right you're like that you know man i don't see any more room uh the biggest one was the Tulane ecu and then
4: charlotte and dbu we needed ecu and dbu to win and they both lost so i was like holy yeah. smokes it's really going to happen but like I mean, the whole tournament, you know, we beat Oklahoma State and we're like, all right, we, you know, solidified ourselves. We felt really confident. It's like as as soon as the last two days hit, it's just like you start going to negative thoughts. You're like, oh, what if this, what if that, what if they don't? You know, we were really confident going in. It was like, all right, we're fine. You know, now we're looking forward to wherever we go and going to kick somebody's ass and then, you know, do that. But then those last two days when you just weren't playing baseball and it felt like everything – was out of your control, you know, it wasn't very good for my mind.
1: Was, is Skip at all into that? Does he, was he, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I'm sure you didn't spend every waking moment with him, but you know, from his perspective and personality, do you think he was paying attention at
4: all? Uh, Probably very little. He was probably, he was probably letting gains just tell him this and that. But
0: I will say this, this is the most I've ever heard Skip talk about RPI like ever. No, I've yeah. never heard him talk about RPI, but he is, he was pushing it this last week. I mean, everybody involved who campaigned for you guys or, or helped, you know, push, they all deserve a, a round of applause. I mean, Ryan games yeah. in the schedule. I mean, bravo, man, bravo.
4: Yeah. Without a doubt. And then, you know, obviously, I mean, we enjoyed playing those, those great teams and then one, won enough games to, you know, make it worth something. So, I mean,
1: Oh, no doubt. No
4: doubt. That wouldn't have traded a thing. I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, dude's a beast. You know, he does a ton for us. So obviously, thankful that he's a part of our program.
0: Believe me, I wasn't trying to take away from anything. Oh no, no, field, not at man. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I got you. We thoroughly enjoyed watching you guys play this year, and yeah, it, we fully believe you guys deserved to right.
4: the tournament. Yep. So, yep.
2: So, Brayden, now that the, all the suspense is done, you guys are you guys are in. What's the uh I guess, what's the tone in the locker room right now? I, I bet it feels pretty good. I know it was a up-and-down season um, throughout different parts, but now to start 0, zero get to the postseason, just as good a shot as anyone else. It's got to be a pretty good feeling in the clubhouse right now. Oh,
4: yeah. Vibes are really loose. You know, we had a really good last two days of practice, had a lot of fun, actually. They were really good with, you know, blaring music and, uh, you know, the last couple rounds of BP, trying to hit it as far as you can, just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, Vibes are really good. I think everybody – and then, too, they're doing – they're big on us, too. Like, like what you said, it's a, it's oh, You know, everybody's got a zero ERA. Everybody's got a zero batting average. You know, everybody's got a clean slate. It's a new season. Um, so, I mean, no, everybody's feeling really good. And, you know, all our older guys that have done this before, you know, helping these younger guys, hey, this is what to expect. Hey, this is what we got to do, you know, and just hop on, let's go. So, uh, no, it's good. We're looking forward to it.
0: I got a real hard-hitting question for you, Braden. During the uh, the time you had to wait after the Big 12 tournament, was there any particular candle <sighs> that you burned in good luck?
4: Um, Actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's how bad my mind was. I didn't even light one. Oh, man. Yeah, but I've got one right now. It's called Warrior Spirit, so we're already getting into that mood. Is that the war stick? That is the war stick. Look at you. Yep man you're
0: teaching me learning me up here <laughs> oh
1: man have you all done the uh the studying up on on the uh opponents yet or will that come in a couple days yeah i mean our uh they're all doing all that recruiting stuff i know easton's gotten a couple of
4: uh some information from other people too but now they're all doing that recruiting you know making those videos for us then we'll start studying and this and that and guys that are going to throw against us and you know, we'll probably look at those in the next few days and, you know, do that. But, you know, at the same time, too, it's just baseball. So we just got to execute, you know, our stuff, too. But
1: I don't know if you know this, but it it can potentially be a heavy lefty lineup. Yeah, that's what I was – I actually threw a bullpen today, and,
4: you know, it was kind of the biggest thing trying to – all right, here, you know, I got these big lefties. I can swing it a little bit. You know, how will I, you know, attack them? How will I uh, – you know, keep them off balance this and that. So that was, yeah, that was the plan going into the bullpen. So aware of that, which you know, throw whatever in there. You know.
2: So what's the agenda? You guys fly out tomorrow, and then I'm, I'm guessing, just get a couple of days of practice in, get used to the, used to the field.
4: Yep. Fly out tomorrow. Well, actually, we're we're practicing here first. Fly out tomorrow. Team dinner. Um, kind of like a, I think it's like eleven or twelve o'clock practice on Thursday. Um, kind of give us a little bit of rest, another team dinner. And then, um, I think that's it. And then obviously, yeah, going to Friday, but yeah, kind of getting us acclimated to the area and whatnot.
0: Yeah, You guys got a send off tomorrow, don't you?
4: Uh, yeah, I actually believe so. I think I saw that.
0: Yeah. 1245. I, uh, I told Gaines I was probably going to be there, but I think I lied. I, I hadn't talked to my wife yet. She has other, other plans. So <laughs> all good, all
4: good. we'll have another one after. How about that?
0: Oh, most, most definitely most definitely. Uh, you know, Brayton, you go back quite a while, man, being seen as, as your father's uh, alumni. Do you uh, remember any of our last trips to, to Virginia?
4: No, I actually saw a tweet, though. What was it? 2010 and 2013, we, we've we been to Charlottesville.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, we have. 2010, that's the one that really stands out to me. 2013 was huge, but 2010 with uh, Cody Wren and you Know all those cats that I mean, campsites are oh, yeah, okay. a ton of talent yeah. on those teams, so I, yeah, I didn't know if you had uh, watched any of those. I mean, if you want to get hype, this that 2010 team is
4: definitely one to watch. I'll have to do some video research, that might be a good one too to uh show to the squad, like a uh, pregame or something like that.
0: Man, I th- they, they won 11 0 in that one to send them to Omaha. really, is absolute lambasting. Yes, that's sir. that's electric. i love uh I'll send it to you in my uh, in, sweet. In yeah, I'll need
1: that. Well, I mean, it, you know, not just playing Virginia, but uh, Virginia Tech. We've had a lot of success in the state of Virginia, so yes, we have. Y- you were you were a part of that one last year, so you would you would know better than oh, us. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, no, it's been a good good area for us. So try and keep it that way, and huh? hopefully,
0: and hopefully, we can get James up there.
4: I think he is. He
0: convinced I his wife. I don't know.
4: I think so. I stinking hope so. <laughs>
0: man no he's a he's a great fan and he's loud and oh, proud yeah. gotta have a bunch have of them there to. like that man
2: i'm not gonna lie i was kind of hoping you guys were gonna end up in fayetteville that's only two hours for me so that'd have been that'd have been a nice quick little cool trip well, that for me been
4: cool and that's what we were kind of seeing but you know you never know and then at that point too we we're like just throw us wherever
0: yeah no doubt man no doubt uh Brandon, you want to get into some of those uh Twitter questions. Oh, I feel we... like we're going to have to spend at least 45 minutes on <laughs> so them. many of them.
1: All right, let's let's uh let's do Travis. I think this is his first time asking a question, so let's go with Travis. Uh baseball related. Uh what's your most ridiculous baseball superstition? Oh.
4: Um it's kind of very Like, in high school, I was a big Chick-fil-A every time I pitched. Actually, every pregame, really. Um, And the same in junior college. Um, Here? I mean, I always wear the same socks, same sliders. Um, Same undershirt, actually, unless it's 30 degrees. Um, I don't know if I have, like, anything crazy. Just, just, like, just little stuff, you know. I always got to... Have the same energy drink, or uh, you know, the warm up always looks the same. I try and do the th- same things in the morning, like when I wake up, but nothing like crazy abnormal. I don't think
1: the Chick fil A was was definitely an interesting. Yeah, one. And so it's, we'll, we'll. It's funny with that too. I would I would go
4: like a sandwich, fries, and get like a frosted lemonade too before a game. So like I I had zero care in the world. Like I was gonna sugar <laughs> rush me. I was gonna. You know, you know what Chick-fil-A does to your, you know, you need the bathroom here soon after, but I didn't really care in high school and junior college.
1: Keeping on the food topic, we've actually got a couple of food ones here. Who is the best cook on the team? Uh,
4: I mean, I'd like to say myself, but I think...
1: You can answer that. What's your best dish, then?
4: It's hard, too. We, uh... I made this little, like, enchilada dip the other day. Not too bad. Um... I mean, I like to say my breakfasts are pretty good. Um, my roommate Jet makes this Cajun chicken pasta that's pretty unreal. I won't give him any credit, like to his face, but I can say that here. <laughs> um, I've heard I've heard Braxton's a uh, pretty good cook as well. He hadn't invited me over, which is kind of hurt a little bit. But I heard he's pretty nasty on the grill.
1: That's good. We had uh, we had KP on here earlier in the year cooking up a steak. See, so. and he's lying to you. I've heard he's a bad cook.
0: KP was cooking while he was on our show.
4: That tells you exactly how that steak turned out.
0: KP has affected the protocol in which we bring on guests. Now I have to—I yep. didn't have to ask you because you're a a veteran now. So
4: yeah, KP eats out all the time. He's lying to you. He's always eating volcanoes. I heard his steak. <laughs> he does I heard his bacon.
2: steak was as dry as Lincoln Riley's brisket. That's very possible. <laughs>
1: All right, staying on, staying on the cooking topic here, what's what's the best thing your mom cooks? And this is, of course, from... Uh, mm,
4: yeah. I saw that it's question. Old daddy that she um, dude, she makes anything and everything. I don't know. I mean, like, everything is good. She does make, like, growing up, she would make this potato chip chicken. So it was like this chicken that she would crust in, like, potato chips. And we would have that with mashed potatoes and, like, uh, these caramelized carrots. And so, like growing up, those were like me and Easton. That's what we would always want. Like if we were celebrating something, we would always ask for that or like a birthday dinner. Um, but now I think like being in college, you don't get home cooked meals. So like just make anything, mom. We're gonna love it. But that was probably our most memorable, me- memorable one growing up. We always loved
0: that. You have your mom cater the training table.
4: <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: What's the best dish your dad makes? Is he, is he a master on the grill?
4: Oh, yeah. Anything on the grill. Um, he's really good at chicken, um, burgers, fire. Uh, he does this, like, sausage roll with, like, some cream like cream cheese and jalapenos. It's pretty good. Um, no, nah, anything on the grill. And he's good at breakfast. He is the big breakfast guy, too, so that's probably where I get that. He's the breakfast or anything on the grill. It's all Darby.
0: Does Darby have a Blackstone?
4: No, he doesn't, but I've been seeing a bunch of TikToks that might be a uh, – a future gift or something. Heck, I might buy one it's for myself.
2: Father's Day is it, coming up. Yeah. It's a move. I just got one a month and a half ago. I actually just cooked on it tonight. Really? Yeah, they're awesome. And they're easy to clean up, okay. which is even better. That's good to know. What'd you make tonight? I did some chicken and then sauteed some peppers and onions, a little asparagus on there. Yeah. It was pretty good. So nice. Okay, that's good to know then.
1: There we go. All right, we're going to move off of the food topic for a moment. Favorite game that you pitched while at OU from Cameron?
4: Um, The other day. The other day against the the Pokes. I think that was probably one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of and just the scenario and, you know, last game pitching there and then with your brother catching your whole family there and against that team. I mean, that was probably about as perfect as you can get. I mean, thankful for everything there and – you know, it was definitely a blessing for that to uh, to happen. So that was definitely my uh, most memorable and favorite game I've ever pitched.
1: So we had uh, we had Toby on the space that uh, not not too long after that, and actually we were you know talking it on here, and you know something I was thinking about while that game was going actually is like you know um, I don't know if you grew up listening to games, but uh, Cal from the Yardbirds always does um, This Day in Sooner Baseball History. And it's like, that That will eventually be a This Day in Sooner Baseball History, you know, if you think about it.
4: That's that's pretty special. That's cool.
0: That is special, man. I've never thought about something like like that, Brandon. In
4: 50 years, yeah. I'm not that important, but I guess that'll be pretty cool to look back and and ponder on, I guess. So, um,
1: moving on to less deep thoughts here um, about the existential (laughs) future of uh, this the stay in sooner baseball history. Uh, do do straws then. Right. This is this is a great one. Uh, Dean Dickens here, good friend Dean. Do old, old Dean. Do straws have two holes or one? I think it's one hole, right?
0: I think it's one hole. Brandon, what do you say? You're the smart <laughs> one here. Uh,
1: I guess it's just all about perspective. How are you looking at the straw? No, I I think it's one hole. I've I've always okay. thought that as well. Alex, what say you?
2: I think one hole as well, but I never thought about that. And I didn't see this question like in the Twitter mention, so I had no time to think about this one.
4: <laughs> the hard one is the shirt. Oh, yeah. How many holes does a shirt have? I don't know. That's I'm not answering that because I'm probably going to say something
1: wrong. I think it's got three. I think it's four. Well, not if you count... Well if you if you think about it the same way as the straw. Yeah, as the bottom of the it's neck though. two. Yeah. Yeah, but you're you have a different appendage. Yeah, yeah, I think it's three. I'm calling three. Well, you know what? Let's not get we, we all settled on on one hole for the straw. There was we were four for four. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that go that way, so let's just let's just all end as friends on the straw and stay away from the shirt. Uh right, good books. <laughs> All right. From Ronnie, which pitcher on the team is the best hitter? Me.
4: And
0: you can't say yourself.
1: All right. Not me.
4: Um, ooh. Um, Jet Lotus got an uh, at bat in the fall and barreled up a ground ball to third base. He could swing it pretty good. Carson out third? Yeah. He, he grounded out. Guy made a good play, but he pieced it, hit it well. And that was in a live scrimmage, too. I can't remember who it was off of. Um, but Lotus swings it well. Um, Atwood. Atwood, I would heard, has got a little bit of juice with the bat. Um,
0: I heard Carstens swing it pretty
2: well.
4: Maybe I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. He doesn't really brag about it. So, unless he's just you know humble humble hitter, something like that. Um, I don't know. Probably those two, I guess.
2: No, I, no pitchers BP this year or anything.
4: No, they always talk about it. You know, pitchers throw a shutout, we get one um i think it's they're just saying that it's all a yeah and also you know if,
0: if there was ever a shutout that deserved that i
4: mean yeah guess we don't deserve it that bad have you ever thrown bp Braden? i actually have it was i think last year skip made me do it it was one of the it was for something he said get up and throw bp it'll make you you know figure out your release point or something this and that did you try to strike him out no, I actually wanted them to hit it because I think I was going through a little lull where I couldn't even get it in the zone. So I think I was just trying to throw it in the zone. I don't remember exactly how I did it, but I did throw BP once. I was pretty good at it. So should be pretty good moving forward in my next stages of life. There you go. After after
1: a long MLB baseball career. Exactly. Let's hope. All right. We're, so I'm going to preface this question with, were you a part of the – and, and we may have asked you this on the last podcast. I can't remember. Were you a part of the Florida wrestling matches during the rain delay? I was on the outside looking in. Thank goodness. Okay. Well, then you can just imagine what it would be instead of actually telling us what your finishing move was on that day. But uh, from Troj, if you were a professional wrestler, what would your finishing move be? Ooh, I mean, I love the old
4: five-knuckle shuffle. Or the old Randy Orton RKO. Those were my two favorite growing up. And I'm sure I did plenty of those on Easton. So you'll have to ask him how he's uh, recovering with those. But um, if I had to pick one of those, honestly, probably the the RKO. I think I enjoyed doing that the best.
0: I picked you more of a, like a diamond cutter type guy.
4: Uh, oh, the Rey Mysterio one where he would like go through the, uh, I don't know, however he would swing on the people. That one was cool. The, hur- I just ca- the Huracana? Yeah, I just can't do that. But I guess if I guess if I was a wrestler and I could, honestly, it might be that.
0: Oh, Braden the Luchador?
4: That'd be sweet. We
0: should get you... That should be the dugout mascot for the tournament is the Luchador I'm mask.
4: Down. Yeah, let's do it.
0: That's that's the goal is to find the team a Luchador mask before they take off tomorrow. <laughs> Hitting every flea market between here and <laughs> Eldale.
1: That that actually made me think of a of another question. This, is, this is, isn't on Twitter, but... Which one of you all got hurt the worst by the other brother, uh Easton?
4: I mean, I bullied him,
1: oh gotcha i mean you did you break, I, uh, did you break it, a bone or what
4: well yeah. multiple actually within a few weeks i uh I dared him to ding dong ditch one of our neighbors who was older than us. he tripped on a on a curb, broke his ankle, gets the uh or no breaks his wrist, gets the sling off or gets the cast off with the wrist a week after. I dare him to jump off the top bunk of my bunk beds, breaks his ankle. Um, I gave him stitches in his forehead, swinging one of those mini bats. We were playing wiffle ball upstairs in the game room. Um, I shot him with a, uh airsoft gun from Point Blank. Um, I mean, there's so many things. But, yeah, no, he didn't ever hurt me. He would just bite me. That was all he had on me.
0: You guys are savages. Yep. What kind of kids is Darby raising?
4: He would always tell us, too, if you guys hate each other, just go out in the front yard and start wrestling. Let everybody see you. We were never we never would do that because we were scared somebody would like take us away or something.
0: <laughs> That's all right, man. My brother used to wake me up by peeling back the blankets Oof. and taking my feet and smashing my ankles together. Ow. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I used to wake him up with a croquet mallet.
4: So okay. <laughs> yeah, you probably deserved it then.
0: Probably <laughs> we don't talk. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: yeah. I mean I, that that was quite quite a few. Uh, if, time for one more. What's your favorite uni combo? Um. Well, in memory of, I would say the all grays.
4: You know, the gray hat, the gray Oklahoma, the gray pants with the gray cleats. I think that one looks really good. Um. I I love the pinstripes, and I actually like the vest a lot. I I enjoy the vests, and I enjoyed them when we had white cleats last year. So maybe, maybe the white cleats come back and play next year. I don't know.
0: Why did we uh, scrap the the white spikes? I'm
4: not sure. I think just with the turf, it was so hard to ever get them clean. And once you slid once, then they just were dirty, and that was it. So I think it was just it's harder fair. to get them clean. But from far away, they still looked good. So.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's the when y'all wear the white spikes. That's one. of That's my favorite.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah was the vest function or fashion? Why did you like the vest so much?
4: Uh, it, it was nice to pitch in because yeah, you more function for sure. Yeah, I would probably say more function over fashion, but the all white actually and then even this year with the gray cleats. I just like when it's all like the same. It's like when we go all white or all gray, I think it looks really clean. But yeah, the the vest with the just pitching in because you had so much range of motion, it felt like.
0: Are all of the jerseys pullovers, or are there any of them that button all the way down? No,
4: not button all the way down. We just got a couple that'll button, I guess, two buttons down into the, the chest.
0: Thank you for clearing that <laughs> up for me. That's uh, been on my mind for several years. Well, there we go. <laughs> but uh, Easton, it was great having you, man. I really, really appreciate you doing this for us, and uh, you know, good luck there in, in Charlottesville, man.
4: I appreciate you guys. This was fun once again. Glad we can, uh, glad I can do this with you guys.
1: No, we're very happy to have you on. Tell your friends. Yeah, we yeah, will do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we
0: we finally got Bryce Madron to respond. He's going to uh, be on our space on uh, on Thursday, so nine o'clock. If you uh, want to send some some of your teammates our way on Thursday, you've been through that before, so I'll let them know. I'll let him know. Yeah, man. We appreciate it. Well, good luck out there, Braden, and uh, and Boomer Sooner, buddy.
4: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Boomer. Sooner.